"'But you are much mistaken,' said he, "'for he has not sailed as a seaman, but as a traveller, or rather a philosopher. "'This Raphael, who from his family carries the name of Hithlidae, "'is not ignorant of the Latin tongue, but is eminently learned in the Greek, "'having applied himself more particularly to that than to the former,' because he had given himself much to philosophy, in which he knew that the Romans have left us nothing that is valuable, except what is to be found in Seneca and Cicero. He is a Portuguese by birth, and was so desirous of seeing the world, that he divided his estate among his brothers, ran the same hazard as Americus Vespucius, and bore a share in three of his four voyages that are now published." only he did not return with him in his last, but obtained leave of him almost by force, that he might be one of those twenty-four who were left at the farthest place at which they touched in their last voyage to New Castile. Then, leaving him thus, did not a little gratify one that was more fond of travelling than of returning home to be buried in his own country. For he used often to say that the way to heaven was the same from all places— and he that had no grave had the heaven still over him. Yet this disposition of mind had cost him dear, if God had not been very gracious to him. For after he, with five Castilians, had travelled over many countries, at last, by strange good fortune, he got to Ceylon, and from thence to Calicut, where he very happily found some Portuguese ships, and, beyond all men's expectations, returned to his native country." When Peter had said this to me, I thanked him for his kindness in intending to give me the acquaintance of a man whose conversation he knew would be so acceptable. And upon that Raphael and I embraced each other. After those civilities were passed which are usual with strangers upon their first meeting, we all went to my house, and entering into the garden sat down on a green bank, and entertained one another in discourse. He told us that when Vespucius had sailed away, he and his companions that stayed behind in New Castile, by degrees insinuated themselves into the affections of the people of the country, meeting often with them, and treating them gently. And at last they not only lived among them without danger, but conversed familiarly with them, and got so far into the heart of a prince, whose name and country I have forgot, that he both furnished them plentifully with all things necessary, and also with the conveniences of travelling, both boats when they went by water, and wagons when they travelled over land. He sent with them a very faithful guide, who was to introduce and recommend them to such other princes as they had a mind to see. And after many days' journey they came to towns and cities and to commonwealths, that were both happily governed and well peopled. Under the equator, and as far on both sides of it as the sun moves, there lay vast deserts that were parched with the perpetual heat of the sun. The soil was withered, all things looked dismally, and all places were either quite uninhabited or abounded with wild beasts and serpents, and some few men that were neither less wild nor less cruel than the beasts themselves. But as they went farther, a new scene opened, all things grew milder, the air less burning, the soil more verdant, and even the beasts were less wild. And at last there were nations, towns, and cities that had not only mutual commerce among themselves and with their neighbours, but traded both by sea and land to very remote countries. 
There they found the conveniences of seeing many countries on all hands, for no ship went any voyage into which he and his companions were not very welcome. The first vessels that they saw were flat-bottomed. Their sails were made of reeds and wicker, woven close together. Only some were of leather, but afterward they found ships made with round keels and canvas sails, and in all respects like our ships, and the seamen understood both astronomy and navigation. He got wonderfully into their favour by showing them the use of the needle, of which till then they were utterly ignorant. They sailed before with great caution, and only in summer-time, but now they count all seasons alike, trusting wholly to the lodestone, in which they are perhaps more secure than safe, so that there is reason to fear that this discovery, which was thought would prove so much to their advantage, may by their imprudence become an occasion of much mischief to them.